Hey, this is Bar with Creative Habits Podcast, and this week we're looking at blogging heroes. And this is a book written actually in 2008, and blogging has changed a lot, but this episode isn't really about blogging so much as it is about creating content online. And although it was from 2008, and there's a lot that's changed uh, dramatically, um, there are a lot of things that these bloggers, uh, Blogging Heroes, is, are interviews with uh, top 30 uh, bloggers at the time. And there are a lot of similarities in terms of what you can do, some strategies and ways to think about creating content. When you're online and creating that content, it's not just about you. It's an interactivity between you and your audience. And when you look at uh, creating content for uh, your art or your craft and connecting with that audience and getting the feedback, you can look at some of the, the core um, ideas with uh, Blogging Heroes and come away with using that core to drive your own, own content. And a lot of this now is, is going to be social, Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram, and Pinterest. But all of it kind of stems from the same place in terms of creating content on a regular basis. So so we're going to look at, at Blogging Heroes. I'll be going through the book and looking at some of the quotes and then making a connection with what you can do now with your content. Okay, and this uh, first quote is from Chris Anderson. Quote, Blogs are wildly imperfect, and therein lies their beauty because they are wildly authentic, unquote. Really looks at the heart of when you're creating content in terms of the buzzword being authentic, but more it has to do with just being yourself. And some of the quotes we'll come across talk about having your voice and knowing your story and making that connection and having it show in your content. It's not about trying to wash it through and use stock photos. Find stuff that's quirky. And go with that if it meets your story and meets who you are. That's the part about being authentic, which is, again, a buzzword. But it's still, it's a reminder to just say, hey, their quirky is good. Run with it. Quote, connecting with readers is my favorite part about writing the site. Unquote. Uh, this came from Gina Trapini. When you connect with people you're creating for, you get a lot more feedback and ideas than if you just create on your lonesome. So having some different ways to get that feedback is essential. When you're doing a craft, have a way for people to contact you for custom orders. Uh, They might give you ideas you wouldn't even thought of. Although custom orders can be more time consuming, um, you can get some great ideas from those custom orders. It's interacting with your audience. It's looking at the comments and seeing what people like and don't like and then adjusting. So it's essential for when you make anything, whether you're writing or creating uh, any sort of content, video, social media, or when you're creating your craft. If you want good ideas, seek it out from your audience. Quote, I post about whatever interests me. I try to find items to blog about that are a bit off the beaten path, unquote. That comes from uh, Mary Jo Foley. And, uh, you know, the off the beaten path, again, that was in a previous quote, just looking at the quirky and saying, hey, this is kind of cool, and why not go for it? 
there's a there's a lot to be gained from going for stuff that's just not what other people in the state talking about. As long as it you know it meets up with what you're interested in and or your story and extends that a bit further. Why not go for some unpopular uh, item and and highlight it if it it helps you or helps your audience uh, and. To always seek like those keywords or always seek the famous person isn't going to endear you to your audience all the time. Uh, you, you know, so you want to look at the you want to look off the beaten path. Another quote from Mary Jo is quote Be yourself. Don't try to imitate someone else's style or voice. Unquote. That's where finding your own voice is so essential. When you have your own voice or you grow to understand it and let it, you know, flower from there, then it comes out more and people can see you and align with you more easily. It's easier when you have your own voice to just attract an audience that is like-minded to you than trying to mimic some other people's voice because you're just going to attract their audience, not not necessarily your own. Um, so it, it's having that voice. Uh, it's just being yourself uh, off the beaten path or otherwise. And so when you're creating your content, looking and saying, okay, does this match up? Am I passionate about this or am I not? Because if you're not, it's going to come through. And if you are, then then run with it and then go, well, where, where can I go with this? So it's great to get that reminder and having a quote like this up on your vision board or wherever it is to help you remember is uh, key to keeping that alive. Quote, in the past... We had this, just don't talk to our competitors attitude. Now that we communicate with each other, it's really a great community. Everyone has their own niche and we all help out, unquote. This came from John Neff. And uh, it's a great reminder to say, hey, you know, the competitiveness that might come out in our popular culture in the U.S. isn't always the best route to go. I mean, you can look at other people and get some great ideas, bounce it off each other and go, hey, there's enough for everybody. There is enough here to say... I can have these ideas and other people can have them. We can actually commune together instead of just saying, well, that's my competitor and I'm not going to go and I'm not even going to talk to them. I'm not going to do anything. I might watch them, study them, deconstruct what they're doing, but I'm not going to converse with them when actually that conversation can yield some great results. And it doesn't always. I mean, competitiveness does have its own cutthroat place and some people will just steal your eye is unapologetically and you're left in the dust. But for the most part, the ideas that you have are built on other people's shoulders and you have to recognize that. And it, those ideas can come from other people that are just like you. They have those same creative juices flowing in them. And they, otherwise, they wouldn't be your competitor. So it's just saying, hey, um, is there an opportunity here to talk to those people? Or are they truly just cutthroat competitors? It really, really can depend uh, but you can use it as a great tool. Quote, if a few things work out, but most of them fail, you're still having great success, unquote. This comes from Joel Calm, And this is great. A great way to look at what you're doing, because oftentimes you have so many failures and you forget that a couple of successes is enough or can be enough. Okay, and people talk about this all the time. I mean, failure should be okay and it's fine to fail and so on and so forth. But when you actually apply it, 
on a day-to-day basis, if you actually go and say, okay, I'm okay failing and failing and failing and failing, you realize, hey, they may talk about failing being okay, but hands down, it's one of the things that can launch you in depression. So how do you actually apply this is systems where you don't get attached so much to ideas. You launch them out there, you test them, you see if they work. If they don't, you go back to the drawing board and when you align to the, to the system and keep going, you can move past that depressive period much faster because you're, you're in motion. If you get bogged down by the failure, if you get bogged down into, okay, this didn't work, why? Oh, no, no, no. But if you have the next thing to do, to test and to work with, then you, that motion keeps you going. So it's important to see what works for you, obviously, but the failure part is huge and it's important to figure out different systems to take and move past the failure point so you can actually use them instead of thinking, ooh, it's a good idea that failure is, you know, something I shouldn't fear. Create systems so you don't feel the failure because in the end, really, it's all part of the plan. Quote, we have to maintain a level of content that brings people back, unquote. Uh, this is a quote from Scott McNulty. And it's great because re-engagement is so key. That's why people use retargeting. Uh, because they want to get you to see them again, to come back. And to have the one-off purchase of, let's say, your what you create, your craft, is great. But if you can get people to come back again and again, you're much better off. You're in a much better place. And it's figuring out ways, having systems and ways to re-engage people, to get them to come back, to sign up and be on a newsletter or to retarget them. Uh, A lot of people think it's kind of weird to have that retarget. But when you recognize that it takes like 8 to 12 Sometimes more exposures before someone will actually take the time to really take what you show them seriously. You realize, hey, you know, you have to have some way of getting back into their flow of consciousness. You can't expect the one-off to work. It's just not statistically going to work. So you, you have to build in ways to get people back, to get your content spread again and again and again and again. That makes you look at your content and say, okay, well, how can I pique people's curiosity to make them want to come back for more? Here's just a quick off-the-cuff example. You could have something you created that's wildly popular. You could have in your copy that you're actually creating something similar that you'll be introducing um, next month or in a couple weeks. And people see that and go, ooh, the people that really like what you just created, maybe they bought it already or maybe they just really like it. They're like, ooh, cool, I'm going to check back. So it's having little things like that where you get people to re-engage with you. Uh, That's really key. So think about ways when you're creating your content, think about ways to re-engage people. Quote, we're blogging with a mission and an audience and an understanding of what that mission is and who comprises that audience, unquote. That was from Rebecca Lieb. And this part is key, is knowing your audience. And a lot of times 
you know, maybe as a craft maker, as an artist, and you don't take the time to research your audience because, hey, if you're going to have a website or even if you're going to be on Facebook, that just takes time in and of itself. And really just creating content at all takes time. But when you research your audience, you get to know them a bit more. You know why you're creating this content, why you're trying to reach this audience, who you're trying to reach. It's just a little more fascinating than just generally producing content that you then just spread out there. It's knowing your audience because when you know them, they actually inspire you to create something for them that's also for yourself. So it's not it's a two-way kind of an interactive street where interests uh, run much higher than if you just say, hey, I'm just going to like produce a painting. But when you understand your audience and you get inspiration from these people and comments on Facebook or reviews for an item you, you sold or an interaction with an email, any t- sort of interactivity it's it brings motivation and it's it can be a lot more inspiring than just doing it solo so look and know why you're creating this content you may be getting out there so that you can gravitate your audience to you to make a purchase but you're also gravitating the audience to you so you can get more inspiration so you can understand them so you can be more creative quote if you know what you want to do with blogging what your goals are and what you want to get out of it it's a lot easier to catch yourself when you're getting caught up in all the other areas unquote this is from eric t it's a great one to end with because there's all kinds of of things that pull in different directions and it can be really hard to focus when you've got so many different commitments And so knowing your why, knowing why you're doing something and keeping that focus alive, it really helps to have something, a mission, some sort of anything. It can be a quirky as a mash together of different lyrics from different songs that really kind of quirks your mind back into the flow of things. It's having that there to reconnect with, having it at all to reconnect with that keeps you keeps you going because things you know sometimes they just don't work or they uh, work a little too well and you get kind of like taken off in other directions or you or you see a new tool or you know shiny object syndrome whatever it might be um so having that to reconnect with on a vision board or wherever and reconnecting with it regularly really can give you the instant you know a shot in the arm that you need to just keep going um, and not get sidelined or side distracted or what have you along the way. All right, that's it for this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed the alternative there. Some of the quotes and ideas thrown around are from the book, some of it from doing internet marketing for the last six years. Hope you find some of it useful that you can apply. And stay tuned for next week. Got some great stuff coming up for you.